0: It's Thursday, November the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming on, migrants drown in the channel and Germany gets a quote, traffic light coalition. First, the world in brief. At least 31 migrants, including at least one child, drowned trying to cross the English Channel from France, the most fatalities recorded in a single incident since tracking began. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, said he was quote appalled and promised to pay France more money to increase police patrols along the French coast. Nearly 26,000 migrants have made the trip so far this year, more than triple last year's total. A jury in the American state of Georgia found three white men guilty of murdering Ahmad Arbery, an unarmed black man. They had chased Mr. Arbery, who was on a jog, suspecting him of burglary. During a confrontation, one of the accused shot Mr. Arbery while another filmed it. They claimed to be acting in self-defense. All three faced life sentences. The three parties that hoped to form Germany's new government were finalised a coalition deal. The leader of the Social Democrats, SPD, Olaf Scholz, will probably be the new Chancellor. Among the policies agreed by the SPD, Free Democrats and Greens are the phasing out of coal by 2030, ahead of schedule, and the legalisation of cannabis in licensed premises. Each party must still vote to pass the deal. Sweden appointed Magdalena Andersson as its first female Prime Minister. She then promptly resigned. The position of Miss Andersson, the leader of the Social Democrat Party, became untenable after the Green Party left her governing coalition and a budget, which the Greens regarded as too right-wing, failed to pass. She may well return as head of a minority government. Last week, 199,000 Americans filed for initial unemployment benefits, down 71,000 from the previous week, and the lowest number since 1969. There is no doubt that America's labor market has recovered from its pandemic nadir, but the figure may be an overstatement because of quirks in the seasonal adjustment process. Separately, last month annual quote core inflation rose to 4.1%. The Biden administration placed 12 more Chinese companies on a blacklist of firms to which American exports of components are prohibited. Many of the groups added to the so-called entity list are involved in quantum computing. They stand accused of helping China's army to crack America's encryption codes and bolster its defences against stealth attack. Meanwhile, Jamie Dimon had to apologize swiftly after joking that the bank that he runs, JP Morgan Chase, would outlast China's Communist Party. The firm has significant operations in the country and is anxious not to offend the party's thin-skinned leaders. Fact of the day. 1863. The year that the state of Georgia first codified its citizens' arrest law, giving people the right to arrest offenders even if the arrester had not witnessed them committing a crime. Today, every state in America allows for some form of citizen's arrest. And editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey, so you can tell us what you think about our shows, and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefingsurvey. And now, here's today's agenda. At last, Germany's new government. After almost two months of talks following the narrow victory of Germany's Social Democrats, SPD, at the federal elections, a deal on forming a new government was agreed on Wednesday. A quote, traffic light coalition of the SPD, Greens and the Liberal Free Democrats, FDP, will be led by Olaf Scholz, the finance minister in the government of Angela Merkel, the outgoing chancellor. The parties have divvied up the ministries between them. The Greens get five, including the foreign ministry, and a newly created Jumbo Ministry of the Economy and Climate Protection. The FDP will take control of the Finance Ministry, plus three others. The SPD have taken seven. Alongside the Chancellery, they will have the Ministries of the Interior, Defence, Labour, Construction, Development and Health. With the latter, the party has taken on this winter's biggest challenge, to contain the new wave of COVID-19, that is again threatening to overwhelm Germany's hospitals. Gating in Gatekeepers Europe's Digital Markets Act Ministers of European countries are expected on Thursday to agree that the European Commission will be the main enforcer of new rules to ensure fair competition and curb the powers of digital gatekeepers. Firms such as Amazon and Alphabet, Google's parent company, which act as intermediaries between large numbers of businesses and users. That is another sign that the European Union is inching towards passing its ambitious Digital Markets Act. Last week, members of the European Parliament agreed to broaden the scope of the bill to make it applicable to more than just the biggest five companies, all of which are American. But the Act is far from a done deal. It is likely to change in the coming months. The European Commission, Member States and Parliament will still have to agree on a common version. While they try, the big tech firms, particularly Google, will lobby fiercely in an effort to water down the rules. Officials' hope is that discussions can be wrapped up early next year, before France's presidential elections. Manu and Mario. A Franco Italian bromance. Europe is familiar with Franco German lovin's. But when President Emmanuel Macron goes to Rome on Thursday to meet Mario Draghi, Italy's Prime Minister, it is to mark a different cross border tie. On Friday, the two will sign the Quirinale Treaty, a Franco Italian agreement designed to strengthen cooperation over defence and security as well as deepen cultural, youth and other exchanges between the two countries. It is being likened, at least in symbolism, to the Elysee Treaty, which in 1963 bound France and Germany and underpins the most important current bilateral link within the European Union. Although not meant to be a rival tie, the new Franco-Italian deal is an effort to broaden the central dynamics governing the EU. With Angela Merkel soon to leave office and Britain out, this could herald an era of more variable leadership. Mr Draghi and Mr Macron broadly see eye to eye, which is why the treaty has come about. Future leaders may not be so keen to make it work. Bong Bong Hit, a presidential hopeful in the Philippines. On Friday, the Philippines Election Authority will start hearing petitions asking it to stop Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos running for president. Mr. Marcos, the son of the rapacious President Ferdinand Marcos, now dead, and his well-shod wife Imelda, is the favourite to win the election next May, according to a recent opinion poll. But there is deep-seated hostility towards him and his family. Three of the petitions focus on a criminal conviction Mr. Marcos received in 1995 for failing to file income tax returns between 1982 and 1985. Ironically, his father banned any official convicted of tax crime from holding public office. Thus far, the law has never been used. The election authority is unlikely to look kindly on Mr. Marcos. Most members were appointed by Rodrigo Duterte, the current president, who has not forgiven his potential rival for dissuading Sarah Duterte, his daughter, from competing for the presidency. She is now vying for vice president instead. Let It Be A New Beatles Documentary Documentaries about the Beatles seem to be released eight days a week but Disney Plus clearly doesn't think it's all too much. The Beatles' Get Back is a three-part series compiled from footage and audio recorded during the band's studio sessions in 1969. The first episode airs on the streaming service on Thursday. Music documentaries are performing well. The Velvet Underground, a film about the 1960s group, was praised after its premiere at Cannes in July and is now available on Apple TV. Summer of Soul, a film about the Harlem Cultural Festival in 1969, was sold for $12 million to Sunlight Pictures and Hulu. The challenge for Get Back is to stand out from similar offerings, both about the Beatles and others. The director, Peter Jackson, who was responsible for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, argues that it will be different to previous programs about the band. Quote, It's not nostalgia, it's raw, honest and human, he says. At over six hours long, he is hoping he is on to something. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Andrew Carnegie, who was born on this day in 1835. He that cannot reason is a fool. He that will not is a bigot. He that dare not is a slave. That's it from The Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app